The Relation of the Divine to the Human We have called attention to the origin of human government. It originated among the enemies of God, animated by a spirit of rebellion against God. The human and the divine each pass through the same stages in reaching its culmination. The individual, the family, the nation, the universal dominion. Abraham, first after the flood, was set apart to raise a holy family to God, and so became the father of a people loyal to God, and furnished a people that would maintain the government of God on earth. He was required to separate himself from his own family and kindred, from the land of his nativity, and from the home and friends of his childhood, and to go forth a stranger among strangers in a strange land. He was not to affiliate or his children to intermarry with the people of this land. He was to start a family that should be a separate, distinct, and peculiar people among the nations of earth, consecrated to the establishment and maintenance of the government of God among and over men. That it might have no family ties to draw it into allegiance with the peoples who sustained the human government, Abram married his own sister. Isaac's wife was the daughter of his mother's brother who lived in a foreign land. Jacob's wives were the daughters of his uncle. From these kindred they were widely separated. Jacob left the father of his wives under circumstances that forbade future affiliation. Isaac was the only child of his mother, and while yet youths, enmity engendered between Jacob and Esau that separated their families forever. God was severing natural ties and overruling blood relations that might militate against the separation and exclusiveness of his people. The family was then cemented together and separated from all other people by four hundred years of a common and cruel slavery and a forty years' journey through the wilderness in which all persons who were matured at the exodus from Egypt died to free them from all the influences, habits, and love of Egypt. This was done to gain a favorably separated point for starting them on their mission of consecration to the upbuilding of the divine government, that in them he might find a people with no love for and no ties to lead them into affiliation with other peoples or to the services of the human governments, but that they should be wholly consecrated to the upbuilding and maintenance of the divine government. God's special commission to them was to destroy all the nations inhabiting the land, all the nations with which they came in contact. The mission imposed upon them was perpetual enmity. The work to which they were called was a war of extermination against all people maintaining a human government. This war was waged against the people not as individuals or families, but as members and supporters of human governments. If individuals and families seemed to have been special objects of destruction, it was because those families had been especially sinful in opposing the government of God, and active in maintaining the human government, and were hopeless in their enmity to the rule of God. But at any and every period of time the way was open for these families and every member of them to pass out of the families devoted to human government and for their entrance into the family devoted to the government of God. And whenever one passed from under the human into the divine, the obligation to destroy was changed into the requirement to protect, nurture, and support as a member of the household and family of God. The law was... Thou shalt not be affrighted at them. For the Lord thy God is in the midst of thee, a great God and a terrible. 
and the Lord thy God will cast out those nations before thee by little and little. Thou mayest not consume them at once, lest the beasts of the field increase upon thee. But the Lord thy God shall deliver them up before thee, and shall discomfit them with a great discomfiture until they be destroyed. And he shall deliver their kings into thine hand, and thou shalt make their name to perish from under heaven. There shall no man be able to stand before thee until thou hast destroyed them. Deuteronomy 7, verses 21 through 24. When the Lord thy God shall deliver them up before thee, and thou shalt smite them, then thou shalt utterly destroy them, and shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them, neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. Deuteronomy 7, verses 2 and 3. Notwithstanding these fearful denunciations and prohibitions, they took wives from them from the beginning. And the way was always open for the adoption of any of them into the family of Abraham who might wish to serve and honor the God of Abraham. Rahab was married to an Israelite. She abjured her nation and the human government and through fear of the Lord God accepted his rule and cast her lot with his people Israel. The scriptures mention as honored among the Israelites many of them serving in the temple. Doeg the Edomite, 1 Samuel 21.7, Uriah the Hittite, 2 Samuel 11 and verse 3, Arauna the Jebusite, 2 Samuel 24.18, Zelech the Ammonite, 2 Samuel 23.37, Ithma the Moabite, 1 Chronicles 11, verse 46, and Ruth the Moabitess, besides many others. A number of these entered into the line from which the Savior sprung. In the days of Solomon, the number of these among the laboring people amounted to over 153,000. And Solomon numbered all the strangers that were in the land of Israel, after the numbering wherewith David his father had numbered them and they were found an hundred and fifty and three thousand and six hundred. And he set threescore and ten thousand of them to be bearers of burdens, and fourscore thousand to be hewers in the mountain, and three thousand and six hundred overseers to set the people at work. Second Chronicles 2, verses 17 and 18. These examples show that while the law was inexorable in requiring them to destroy the members of these sinful families while upholders of the human governments, yet when any of them entered the family of Abraham to build upon the government of God, the law for their destruction was abrogated with reference to them. This shows, too, that there never was a time when the door of God's kingdom was closed against any being desiring to serve him. At no time has he ever been a respecter of persons, but at all times whosoever feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted of him. In those days all who obeyed him must identify themselves with his people, the Jews. The true and real aim was to destroy the human governments that stood against God, and the people were destroyed only as the destruction of the governments and punishment for treason against God demanded the destruction of those upholding and wedded to them. The subjects of his government were clearly forbidden all affinity, affiliation, or alliance with the earthly governments or those sustaining them. Before they entered Canaan, God through Moses told them, I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and thou shalt drive them out before thee. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. 
They shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee sin against thee. For if thou serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto thee. Exodus 23, verses 31-33 The same warning and admonition is repeated on almost every occasion of instruction. See Exodus 24, 12 and Deuteronomy 7, verse 2. Thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy to them. When these nations in Canaan had been destroyed, save a remnant, God still admonished them. Else if ye do in any wise go back and cleave unto the remnant of these nations, even these that remain among you, and make marriages with them, and go in unto them, and they to you, know for a certainty that the Lord your God will no more drive these nations from out of your sight. But they shall be a trap and a snare unto you, a scourge in your sides and thorns in your eyes, until you perish off this good land which the Lord your God hath given you. Joshua 23, verses 12 and 13. These laws and warnings might be quoted to weariness. Solomon violated these laws and married those not desirous of serving God or promoting his government, and who were idolaters. Notwithstanding his wisdom and greatness and favor with God, his heart was turned away from God and resulted in the rending the kingdom from his family. Wherefore the Lord God said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and will give it to thy servant. 1 Kings 11, verse 11. This shows the difference between marrying one who sought union with the family of Abraham from a desire to serve God and to maintain his government, and marrying strangers who were not servants of God. The one weaned the heart of even Solomon from God. The blood of the other flowed into the veins of the Son of God. Another example we find in Isaiah 39, verse 6. Hezekiah was a true servant of God. He had been sick and had recovered. The king of Babylon sent messengers with presents to congratulate Hezekiah upon his recovery. Hezekiah, flattered by the friendly attentions of this mighty king, in a friendly mood showed these messengers all the wealth of the king's house and the wealth and sanctified vessels of the Lord's house. For this, God said, Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house, and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day, shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. And of thy sons that shall issue from thee, which thou shalt beget, shall they take away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. They were carried captive, as thus foretold. After a long period of slavery as punishment for their friendly overtures to the king of Babylon, they are disposed to return to God and serve him as loyal subjects. They had in their captivity married ungodly wives of the people among whom they were living. So inexorable was the law of God that husband and wife, parent and child, must separate in obedience to its behest before God would deliver them. Now therefore let us make a covenant with our God to put away all the wives and such as are born of them according to the counsel of my Lord and of those that tremble at the commandment of our God, and let it be done according to the law. Ezra 10 verse 3 
God could not accept or bless them while in affinity or in alliance with those not submitting to his government.